You are listening to the Uncovered Canvas Podcast, and we'll be right with you. pilot the one that flies the plane we're talking about story pilots like what is a pilot basically yeah like oh what yeah. is this thing that i that g knight is talking about i've never heard of this well when we describe it you'll probably understand what they kind of are now the way that, that i did some research to know what it is the most basic way to really just like say what it is it's like a pitch for the show or the series that you're working on. Now, the pilot comes from pilot episode from TV, but you can use pilot for any other sort of medium. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it is predominantly used for television, but having a pilot chapter, having a pilot novel, a pilot, so on and so forth, it is just a snippet slash story that's meant to sell someone on giving you money to make this a full thing. Now, usually pilots end up being the first episode of TV series, or sometimes the pilot is just, you know, used to get the funding. And then the syndicated version has its own original, you know, first episode with the rest of the series. Right. It depends on, you know, who you're selling to, how good the pilot itself is, that kind of thing. Ultimately, a pilot is a proof of concept that you use to convince people that it's worth investing in a full series, right? You got to show them, is this worth doing and will this hook enough people so that way we get the fu- That's why they do it in television because, you know, for a comic, it does take money. But then for television, that's like a lot, a lot more money yeah. versus usually like uh, if you're going to convert it to comics let's say it'll be i guess the most appropriate example for this would be how in manga you see shonen jump have the one shot and then the one shot gets kind of converted into the first three chapters that's you that's specifically jump not every magazine does this but traditionally what they would do is they would use the one shot and then they turn that information or that that idea into the first three chapters Mm -hmm. you have a couple of them who kind of discard the original one shot and just move on from the initial concept. Romance Dawn from One Piece, similar, but a lot of ideas were changed and the story is slightly different with, I forget what Naruto's original one shot name was. I believe it was still Naruto, but it was definitely about something different, right? Yeah. It was about, it was set in a modern age with magic and fantasy stuff. And Naruto was more like the... He was the nine-tailed fox in that. Yeah, he was a nine-tailed fox, but he, he was more in line with the actual, like, tradition, or the, the legend of the nine-tailed fox, which is that it's more of a, um, like, a prank spirit, right? And he was like, Yeah, he was like, a, he was the literal trickster spirit manifest in this boy who needed to learn about friendship and stuff like that. 
And so he did that. He got this uh, by the third Hokage, who was like the president of whatever group he was yeah. a part of. I, I'm not really sure. It, it's kind of ambiguous. <laughs> Which, no, 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 that's the thing, too. The A lot of pilots don't need to explain everything. It's just to get you into it and, what, and give you a nice feel for what the series is. Yeah. Usually, a lot of people do the three-episode anime test where, okay, if the show doesn't hook me in the first three episodes, I'm going to drop it. Right. But usually, the first episode, everyone goes ham. Everyone's making sure everything's spick and spam. Everything's, like, top-notch. You'll see the director and series director on a series, like, go fucking ham on the first episode. Whereas, later on, you'll have episode directors handle the rest of the shows. First episode is hook you. And then, if that, if that doesn't work... The next two episodes isn't really going to do anything. An excellent example of a very good first episode, what to me at least, is Steinsgate, actually. A lot of people say if you can make it to episode 15, that's when it's really going to hook you. But if you don't like the first episode, which actually shows you what the series is basically going to be about. Oh, yeah, that's a really good way of selling it, for sure. You won't be able to make it to episode 15, because if you don't, because the way the episode is structured, you don't get the full mystery or fully understand what's going on, but you still get the weird dread moments. Like uh, your mad scientist, I believe his name was uh, Okobe. Yep, Okobe Rintaro. When he was just standing randomly in the middle of this also town. Hoin Kyoma. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe you still remember the nickname too. I am yeah, mad scientist. I literally watched that show. Like twice a year. Really? Yeah, every once in a while, I'll meet somebody who's like, "Hey, have you seen this?" And they're like, "No." And I'll be like, "All right, we're watching it." Damn straight you are. How, what's their reaction to the episode fifteen? Because oh boy, does if you care about the show, seeing someone's reaction to it is definitely like, oh oh boy. It definitely goes from them being moderately interested to them being really interested in what the fuck just went down. Because they're yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? And then, like, everything ships into high gear, and then you got this, like, government-adjacent, like, spy, espionage kind of storyline that's going on with it. And they're like, I don't I don't understand why this is happening, but I see where all the seeds were laid. Right. Or, yeah, because it's just timelines in there. He's not actually, like, doing different worlds. It's just uh, messing with the timeline. So all of that is a culmination of stuff that's going on. But if you can't get there, it's completely understandable why. Because you're not going to enjoy that moment if you did not like these characters at the beginning, which episode one actually set up. You have this group of goofballs doing random stuff in this room, calling themselves scientists and stuff. Yeah, a bunch of college dropouts, essentially. Right. And then it starts off with, because this is the first episode, so I can kind of spoil this. It starts off with this, you know, Okabe seeing, you know, one of these characters murdered, like covered in their own blood and stuff, laying on the floor. It's like, wait, what the hell? What's going on? I literally just saw her like 10 minutes ago. Why is she dead? Yeah, I had an argument with her, like, earlier. Yeah. So it's interesting to see just where that'll go. And if that doesn't hook you, the next two episodes won't hook you either, uh, truth be told. Because you get a little bit more of that and more of the cast interaction. And then, like, the real mystery of the show doesn't really start-start until 4 and 5, where you start getting the more, not time travel-ish, but going to other timelines. It, it's very... The way Steinsgate does it is it a traditional time travel story, but the idea behind it is still this episode gives you the idea. This is if you can't vibe with okay, so this show is going to be about these goofballs doing some interesting sciencey stuff and talking about concepts and ideas that 
might go over your head at first, but once you get it, it might be pretty cool. Like they the the trick with the banana yeah. at the beginning. Like they set that up in the whole multiple t- timeline thing and the thought of these experiments and funny enough using that microwave to go to the different timelines is all set up in the first episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like part of the reason is because it's based on a uh, visual novel. So like yeah. the whole story is planned out and already there. And it's definitely paced like a visual novel anime, but its mm-hmm. concept is so interesting and unique that like it really hasn't been replicated by anybody since. Mm-hmm. Another very excellent pilot would be Breaking Bad, honestly, because I that they use the pilot for the show itself. So that's yeah, another for the first ex- episode. Yeah. You know, the story is compl- everything is set up in the first episode. And if you can go with it, oh, boy, that that's your hook. You don't need episode two and three to hook you. You got this high school teacher who gets cancer. You see his interactions with his family. And then you meet he figures out. All right. Well, this crackhead, I believe that. Or, yeah. Jesse's escaping from this building. Yeah, He's and- escaping from his neighbor who he was having sex with. While a raid was going on on his crib, the main character, Walter White, the teacher, recognizes him as a former student of his. And because he found out that he's dying of cancer and he's kind of lost all will to live, he is thinking of ways to make sure that his family is like cared for and happy after he's gone. And no other way he can come up with to make money and like make that possible in such a short amount of time that he has to live is as viable as, you know, being a meth dealer. I love the idea that so many people are like, guys, Breaking Bad is not about selling crack, even though that's literally one of the major plot points of the show. And actually why a lot of these characters develop the way they do is because they're selling it. Well, they're not selling crack. They're selling meth. It was meth? That was crack. No, Crystal meth, because he makes the chemically most perfect crystal meth. The blue crystal meth, yeah. Originally, it was clear, and then they needed to change the one ingredient because they couldn't no, it get it was, anymore. Uh, yeah, it was cloudy, and then they needed, yeah. I guess, yeah, no, it was clear, because they, they, the ver- the version that everybody else makes was Sudafed, which was cloudy because nobody is a chemist. His was clear because of all the care he went through to make sure that it was clear, and then, yeah, it changed color once they had to make their own Sudafed. Funny enough, you actually do get a couple bonding scenes, because later in the show... Walter White wants to bond with Jesse and, you know, educate him and kind of have this, like, fatherly bond with him. So in the first episode, or the the pilot, you see him like, oh, you know, you wouldn't use this flask to do, to cook. You'd use this flask. This flask is only for heating. This flask is for, excuse me, this flask is for mixing. Did you not learn anything from my class? It's like, no, because you flunked me. Prick. Yeah, that was on him, really. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was, but (laughs) it's like you still get this idea of there are going to be more like father son bonding moments with each other. Like at one point, he realizes after the the incident with the bathtub that he realizes, okay, I need to literally explain everything to this kid, because if I don't, I'm going to have to clean up another mess. So he has to explain why they're using thermite on a lock and explains yeah. what's going on. So he learned, not only does he learn from his mistakes, but he's also, you know, getting that bonding moment with Jesse. There's another moment where they're stuck out in the middle of the desert. I won't say why they're stuck out there, but he's like, oh, if you get this, this, and this, 
What do you get? Uh wire. Yes. No, just see copper. Just, just pay attention. Like he ends up making a battery. So you get scenes like that later in the show. But if you were paying attention, there was a moment like that in the first episode. It's giving you an idea. Not only do you get the basic premise of the story, you get the character interactions, and you get future things set up. Not everything was explained in the first episode, but a lot of grounds were made. Mm -hmm. a, bad, a bad example of a pilot episode, actually, would be... Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm bringing this up. A YouTuber decided to make an anime of their... A quote-unquote anime of their own book. Oh, and it's, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing this up. <laughs> All right. This All right. is on you. <laughs> I know. I know. If I, hey, I already got shit because I called him out on a couple things, and then his freaking Twitter mob assaulted me. So an example of a bad pilot would be this YouTube animated series called Cronexia and the Eight Seals. So basically, a, a YouTuber in the anime sphere ended up saying, oh, I'm going to raise a lot of money and I'm going to make my own anime based on my book. Yeah, for a little bit of context, I was involved partially in the production. I didn't do anything for the production, uh, but at the very least, I saw a lot of behind the scenes because I used to work with all of the people who were involved with the production. And so because I was like next to them and adjacent, I would like peer over their shoulder and be like, hey, what you working on? And get some info. But yeah, keep going. Oh, boy. Uh, what was it? Studio Yggdrasil, I think it was? Is that their name? Yeah, I helped, I helped them form it way at the beginning. Yeah, I was there at the uh, inception. Fucking hell, dude. I don't think... <laughs> calling... Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because freaking Jeff at the I think Jeff's comment is now gone, but uh, from Mother's Basement, yeah, yeah, from Mother's Basement, he's like, oh, you know, this has potential to go somewhere, and yada, yada. I'm like, dude, what? No? This is ass, and this dude is fucking defending it? All right, someone's fucking, like, listen, bro, we could be homies all you want, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. If it's ass, it's ass. I'm going to call you out on it. So what ends up happening is this episode that's not even 16 minutes long, you got 14 minutes worth of content, and then I believe like a good minute or so afterwards of, you know, live action footage of the individual just talking about the episode the production and then kind of ends off like saying yay uh can't wait for episode two and mind you that took about the production was a mess like it took about like six or seven months just to get four like not even a full episode worth of content out and yeah. then and all you really got was a trailer for chapter two so what ends up happening in this quote-unquote pilot slash world building episode is someone gets told we have to go now and someone's attacking this energy sphere and this person kills like 12 people i think defend like trying to assault this stupid energy orb and then there's a time skip to the next generation of guardians or something yeah and then it just ends there and the defense of this was oh it's a world building episode you know it, these characters aren't even important which defeats the purpose of the pilot yeah you're the first episode is usually the pilot but the pilot is not always your first episode so it's it's a mix and match. If your pilot is that good that you could be used as the first episode, excellent. If not, it can be redone. Power Rangers famously also, or not famously, but Power Rangers also had a different pilot before they went with the formula they used of live action footage, Sentai footage, redubbing it, and slap it all together, see what we got. Because the original pilot, they had different characters. Bulk and Skull were different. The Bowling Alley is the major setting instead of the juice bar. So things do change between the pilot and the actual show itself. But a good pilot will be used for the first episode. Supernatural also had a really good pilot. 
in the first episode, you get these brothers, Sam and Dean. You have one of their, you know, a girlfriend dies. You have this mystery about, oh, well, what do they do? Oh, they're hunters. Well, what do they hunt? Supernatural creatures. And that's what they did, basically. Not like a family business, but that's just what they were, you know, trained to do. Right. You, ha you have one brother showing up, bringing the other brother who was who left that life. But now the other brother brings them back in because the girlfriend had died. And now they're going to try and figure out, well, why did they die? Where's our dad? And so on and so forth. You see the interactions between the two. You get the mystery of the week or quote unquote monster of the week. You get more intrigue. You get more plot for the overarching story. So overall, if you like the first episode, you're going to get more of that because, you know, admittedly, Supernatural is pretty formulaic. But you're but everything you're seeing in episode fucking 32 is not so different from what you're getting in episode one. It's just different contexts for the scenes. Oh, we're going to get Sam and Dean interacting and being like brothers. We got that in the first episode. Oh, it's the monster of the week trying to figure out. Uh, we do research and we figure out how can we beat this monster? That was in the first episode. Getting intrigue on the deeper lore of the overarching story. That that was set up in the first episode. Interesting. Yeah. So you want to be able to go in and grab them. Back, back in the day, you have shows or series that were slow burns, but you end up having them getting canceled because they couldn't pull in the ratings because they exchanged the, we're going to get good by episode 15, let's say. Whereas if they were good from the beginning and thought we need a way to hook them in and keep them, there would have been a lot more effort in the first episode, even if it's slightly different. You know, with your, you can have it be different and do your slow burn build mystery and so on and so forth uh but i remember uh watching i believe it was columbo it's the uh detective that solves a lot of murders and you see it happening at the beginning and then it's up to him to figure out well how did the murder happen how did this case happen etc mm -hmm. same kind of deal they changed up a little bit for the first episode but then you see just how the rest of the series went I'm glad they changed it up a bit. It's still similar to the rest of the episodes, but you're getting more of these characters. Doctor Who, when they did the revival season, that was boom. And because of the way British television is, you're technically getting a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you see the pilot, uh, the pilot for the Sherlock Holmes series that uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, you actually see that they edited and changed their first episode they actually did because the pilot did end up becoming the first episode they just cut it down because effectively their pilot episode was about an hour and 30 minutes long and they cut a lot of material and reshot some scenes and made that the first episode of that series because it's british television you get like four or five episodes per season or series quote unquote it, it british television is weird but that's besides the point. I know uh, I know. Community has two different pilots, apparently. They had the original airing pilot, which is on the DVD version. Yeah. And then they have a Netflix pilot, which is just edited different. And it's like, it's not super different. Like, there's, there's no, as far as I can tell, there's no, like, uh, legal reason why that edit that pilot should have been edited the reason uh -huh. there's like no copyright there's issues or anything like that it's like purely for story mm -hmm. and i wonder if it's just like when they brought it over somebody was like okay but we got to change the first episode because it doesn't lead into the next episode very well for binge culture or something like that or it's like or maybe they just didn't like it i don't know but for whatever reason it's like it's just different from both versions yeah i mean hell sometimes you don't even see the pilots coming out 
sometimes that ends up being lost media because they're only meant for investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for pitching and networks. Yeah. Pitching networks, investors, all this stuff. There was a, um, there, I believe it was called Cartoon Cartoon and then What a Cartoon for yes. Cartoon Network. Yes. Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon had these two. Now, those were effectively cartoon shorts, but they were actually pilots for other series. Right. They were using them as like interest gauges. Like, uh, we need a new show. How are people feeling about this? Uh, something that more recent that actually went through a similar process, not officially part of like a network mm-hmm. block or anything like that, but that would be Infinity Train. Really? Yeah, where the pilot was, I think, uploaded on YouTube, and then they use that to motivate or show like interest when they were pitching to a, a Cartoon Network. Like, yes, people are interested in this show. And it was, it was fairly popular for the time that it was running. It just got canceled, obviously, because they weren't selling toys and stuff. It wasn't highly yeah. profitable and stuff like that. So, which is understandable, but it got long enough to get a show, you know, and it was popular enough that teens and adults liked it a lot. They just need to figure out how to market <laughs> animation to adults. Yeah. They're still working on that. Because obviously you have anime and so on and so forth outside of the states, and you know there are shows like Pluto, like series that are for adults. You know, yeah. Devil May Cry Baby, you wouldn't give it to a kid. Bastard Bible or Bible Blast. Bible, you fucking <laughs> asshole! Really? <laughs> I just love, I just love that story. <laughs> it was brought over when yeah. they were just bringing everything over, and because it was animated, they assumed it was for children. And then you have parents calling into Blockbuster, being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Zazas, Zazas, yada yada, Zazas. And I'm thinking, are they trying to say Jesus? Can they fuck? Can they not fucking say Jesus? <laughs> they can't say, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Look at the Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. You t- to bring it back real quick. One of the examples you have is if you, you guys should check out the original version of. Fairly Odd Parents. Yes, that is a very interesting pilot for sure. Compared to the pilot, compared to the show, obviously it's a different art style. They changed some of the voice actors, but overall, when you see the pilot, you somewhat get a more realized version of what you saw in that pilot. You have Timmy Turner dealing with the babysitter, and then you have these fairy godparents that grant some wishes. And th- during that pilot, they're doing, you know, various shenanigans like, whoops, I accidentally turned her into this instead of that. I guess this wand is a little messed up. Admittedly, they did butcher some of the characterization before they were Cosmo and Wanda were more useless romantics and just being like super dorks with each other. But then later in the show, mm. you wonder how the fuck are they even married if most of the time they're bantering and just fighting? Right, because Cosmo's an idiot and Wanda has an attitude like Cosmo problem. being a fucking idiot wouldn't really be that bad but you have dialogue later where <laughs> I think it was in the live action movie which yes exists there's three of them where he's like saying he's like oh uh if I weren't married to you uh I'd be less whatever and so on so like kind of like oh man it kind of sucks that I married you he's like dude what, what? Is that the, uh, that's the, yeah that's the Drake Bell live action movies that's still insane that one, he signed up to do that. And two, they, even they got that the there's three. Time. There's three movies. There's <laughs> uh, three. You know, you know, money, money will buy right. anything. Fuck it. The sure. guy that got the, the guy that got to do Crocker. It's not his voice actor, but he does an amazing job doing a live action Crocker. That's probably the best reason why you should watch those films, just because you could see the perfect transition of someone who's not the voice actor do a pretty good job replicating the character from 
cartoon to live action. It's usually done pretty bad because they have to exaggerate and do all these other things. It's like watching anime live action film movie uh films where yeah like they because they don't understand that there's a difference between the live action choices and because like it's an animation medium right and so when they translate these things into live action they're like we have to keep it as true as possible because that's what people are expecting us to do and no people are expecting you to take a realistic take because at the end of the day it is a cartoon things are going to look goofy because they're doing cartoon things Uh, have you seen the have you seen the kakagurui live action seeing it, dude, no. seeing like Yumeko's like excited face is so wacky in live action because it's like I've seen the prison school really? live action. That one's yeah. fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm surprised that it's pretty tolerable. It's right. You know what? It's not that bad. It's definitely fun. Partially because it has like a yeah. realistic setting. But know? obviously, Mob Psycho, the changes they made. Kind of, it was more questionable decisions, and it was a lot. That was a lot of poor choices, and I think a lot of it just had to do with like money and availability of actors, you know. Because like Mob Psycho has a lot of characters, like a lot, a lot of. You just watch the opening, and there's like 50 characters in the opening, right? And they all matter for various reasons. But when you're doing a live action, you can't just hire 50 people for a low budget $200, you know, yeah. TV show. That's basically a f- that the the Mob Psycho, li- excuse me, the Mob Psycho live action was effectively a Tokusatsu show with how low the budget was. Yes, it was. Mm. That's pretty crazy. I know there's a Azokin live action as well that I still have mm, to check okay. out, which it looks pretty interesting. I like the the concept of it because the three girls in Azokin are played by like oh, an really? idol group. Yeah, so like all three of them are technically famous actresses, but like in, in terms of the story, it's still just the one. <laughs> That's great. Now, uh, sorry, side tangent. <laughs> Gotta bring it right back. So uh, I'm trying to think of other really good or bad pilots. Uh... Well, the first episode of Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, I always like to look on as a mm-hmm. really good pilot. It ju- it did such a really good job of setting up the stakes in the world and establishing all of the characters in an, a really effective manner, right? By having them, this world already exists for people who don't know. So think of Attack on Titan, right? There's a bunch of people living behind walls because evil zombies are beyond them. They have to, the only way to kill them is by using special technology that they've developed in order to damage a particular part of their body that is small and hard to hit, right? So it's like same thing as Attack on Titan. However, comma, there's more than one civilization who are living beyond the walls and in order to trade things like food, weapons, etc., they have built this like steel train network where the zombies attack these trains going in between the cities and as they're traveling they have to defend themselves. And it's like just kind of a really cool concept or twist on the concept of these people behind the walls. And it's all like in a steampunk feudal Japan era, yeah. which is really cool and the main character is like this if this engineer inventor guy who's like he's like a train mechanic Dude makes inventor. A, doesn't he make like I remember the scene where he makes his own little uh, uh a splint or a stint his yeah. rivet gun he makes a rivet gun and he's also doing like research into the zombies themselves and he has like this theory that if he cuts off blood flow to the brain for a certain amount of time then the zombie virus can't get there and you essentially survive a bite but nobody's willing to try his harebrained schemes because he is like he is no verifiable yeah how do we know if it works right? he's like there's no way yeah exactly we can't just like have somebody get bit 
And then you're putting like a bunch of other people at risk and stuff like that. So obviously, like the stakes are set up where he's clearly an underdog. He works at the bottom of the food chain. There are these other more important people who are mysterious and they get involved and he gets arrested for breaking the rules. And because he's arrested when the town goes to shit, he gets bit and then he has to try and believe in himself and in his inventions and his research that this thing is going to work. Eventually it does, and so he grabs his rivet gun, this new weapon that he's invented to help people fight these zombies, and goes and kills some zombies with his newfound abilities and stuff like that. And it's just it sets up really, really well, like the stakes and Mind stuff you, this like is that. all the rest of the series is admittedly hit and miss, depending on how you feel about yeah. certain aspects of the story, but ultimately I think the first episode is exceptional. Mind you, this well is done. from the same this, yeah, this is all the first episode this is all this yeah. is all the first episode where the show goes afterwards eh, so on and so forth but this is all the first episode setting this all and this is an anime this is 20 something minutes yeah now yeah it's not, it's not an hour this ain't no no w fucking, show uh yeah game oh jeez no jeez. game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> oh man but here i'm thinking the reason why we end up seeing a bunch of good pilots is because those shows actually end up being made and are syndicated whereas bad pilots those are lost because why would they put more money into bad projects or projects that they don't deem right uh good enough to put to receive funding so a lot of times you'll end up uh pilots end up becoming lost media because no one's going to either a lot of older stuff either doesn't get saved or it's not uploaded. Recently, I discovered that the original Steven, U uh, the original Steven Universe pilot actually got uploaded to YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, way back. Yeah. In so it's one. nuts to think. Oh, wow. So shows that actually do get syndicated and their funding and stuff. Sometimes you'll be able to get their original pilot episode if it doesn't become an episode. And then even some really good shows, you end up not getting it. Or some shows don't even get a pilot. They just are commissioned and just boom straight onto it i believe uh stuff like uh voltron and a couple of netflix shows just ended up just getting they got the because it's netflix so they just have the pitch meeting and seeing whether or not it's going to be funding or not funded or not because it's in right. this day and age of streaming sometimes they don't need the pilot it just goes it goes from season to season seeing if there's enough viewership for it because binge culture and everything else. One of my favorite jokes from one of my favorite jokes from South Park when they have Cartman trying to sell mm -hmm. a Netflix show or whatever, and he calls up Netflix and uh, <laughs> their opening line or whatever is like, "Thank you for calling Netflix your green." The green lit however many shows and then cancel however many like five seasons in. It's like uh, we didn't get the viewership we wanted. Right. Season and then Cartman explains who he is, and then the guy's like, "Wow, I I don't know, like I've never done this before, but I'm afraid I don't think we can greenlight you." And I'm like, "Oh wow, <laughs> oh that's great, that's uh <laughs> oh that's great." You end up seeing a bunch of really cool shit. That seeing what makes it into the final product is probably one of the more interesting things now as an adult and checking out these pilots. But seeing what the original idea of a mm -hmm. story was, right? And then getting into right. the final version. So following a lot of artists now, I really like seeing what the original idea was or pitch or the original concept was. Now, Hero, would you say that the original submission that you did for the one shot for the for Unhollowed, would that be more akin to your prototype or would you say that would be sort of your pilot? Uh, definitely a prototype. But I mean, pilots and prototypes are effectively mm -hmm. the same thing because a pilot, like I said, is supposed to sell the concept of your story. 
and using the the pilot is generally where like you still want it to be quality but using it as a testing ground is definitely like mm -hmm. a good option right and so unhallowed unhallowed's pilot or prototype the one shot is obviously a unique case because of the scenario in which I had made it. I wasn't making making it to pitch to somebody. I was making it to like right. prove a point. So it was like more for me than for somebody else that if I were selling it to. And I feel like if I if that was the intention, I definitely would have made mm -hmm. it differently. And I did with the first chapter. So I think like what I ended up doing with the first chapter was more akin to what I would have done with the pilot had I intended it for that purpose okay. in the first place. Yeah, figure that out. Because we, we we have a solid example yeah. right here. I mean, oh, we could we, you know we can talk the talk, but you know I can literally use an example of uh, some people on the actual show. Yeah. What about you? If you were gonna make a pilot, what what would you do? What kind of for me? Honestly, I would not want to include like this. Because right now I am technically working on a quote-unquote pilot for a bunch of series that I'm trying to work on. Obviously, it gets still being worked on, but gotta love it how, like, uh, you know, make even with the couple episodes we did before about the to-do list and making time for yourself and doing this and doing that. Sometimes work just likes to say, yeah, no, we need you until you gotta close. And you're busting your ass just doing shit. And then obviously other... Yeah, but in those yeah. cases, you just get <laughs> unfortunately, I got a con Unfortunately, I got a contract, so uh, until that contract's done... I'll deal with that later. Yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah. true. As soon as that's done, though. Contract. Oh, boy, let's see where I can go. But for myself, I wouldn't want to include, like, this intricate sort. Like, I'm not going to include, like, the deep lore that ends up happening. Like, oh, you know, this character has a background of this, and these people have history together. Or, you know, there's how systems work in this. I'd rather have the core of the story being... Because the I'll, I'll speak about it right now again because it's been a while since I brought it up. The Peculiar Tales of Ikit Crane is specifically about Ikit Crane and her the different stories involving her. Now the core of it mm -hmm. is here's this character who's effectively a scientist in a fantasy setting, always wanting to know, can I do this? And how can I achieve it? Or her different experiments that's going on, or the different misadventures that she ends up getting into because of said experiments. Oh, I'm trapped on a boat for a murder mystery. Oh, I'm trapped here because I wanted to get, you know, a giant's toenail and now I the giant captured me. Oh, I'm searching for this flower in this crazy jungle and whatever, and now I've ran into the locals. So the core of the each mm -hmm. sort story with her will always be Ikit doing something, people meeting her, people not knowing who the fuck she is and thinking she's weird and the resolution being where I'm able to get as many people as I can out and still have her win in the end. But it's more of, I didn't win. You just lost. So the first story mm -hmm. that I'm working on is calling it the Blackwater plague. So these people go into a town, they realize that they're really sick. And the only people that they, the only person that the town thinks can help them is lady Blackwater, which happens to be Ickit. I'm not going to explain, oh, why she has the name Lady Blackwater. I'm not going to go into, like, huge... For the short first short story, I'm not going to go into, like, this crazy-ass background that she knows. Like, oh, here's, you know, a wiki page and, like, ten extra pages worth of just plot and narration and lore dumping. I'd rather keep it... The, I'd <laughs> rather keep the core story there than try and fill in all this extra stuff that I want to do. Because a lot of times you have these pilots or other short stories because i'm going to use uh one shots from other creators from the same people that did submissions a lot of times they want to cram in yeah. all of this extra stuff they don't treat their one shot 
slash pilot slash prototype as that a thing to sell you on the series to get you interested to get you saying hey give me money so i can continue doing this they treat it like it's their first chapter episode issue as if that's going to be the thing that's going to go in the volume they treat that and don't really tell a story they end up either telling a scene or they overbloat the thing with dialogue trying to cram in as much information as you can in seven pages and you lose the core idea of what you're trying to pitch. So if I'm trying to pitch you, hey, do you want to read about a fantasy mad scientist going on several misadventures and people thinking she's fucking weird? Maybe I should have a story about this character being pretty fucking weird, even to the people that like her. Yeah, though I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's my... that, you want to about somebody that's, being really that, weird? That's my that's uh, my no, pitch to really. you and how I do it. But uh, that's my pitch to uh, that's that's me talking about it. But the actual like story is more uh, curiosity and oh boy, I'm excited to see how this goes because I know the main crux that I want it to be is like, well, how do you get this character that's kind of bored and doesn't want to really let them handle their own devices, but then say, oh, we're afraid because this brand new plague that we've never seen before is infecting our town. Excuse me, did you say brand new plague? Oh boy, I want samples. Let's let's go. I'll help you out. Let's let's see where we're going. Gotta get the. Uh, that's been my struggle kind of right now. Is that she's not really a good person, but she's not be- evil. It's uh, it's chaotic neutral. She's more on her side. More. Uh, I'm gonna make my stuff over here. I won't mess with you, but if you mess with me, I will literally use you as my new experiment. Hey, uh, hero! Yeah. It would be the one to uh, you in Cabinaria. The uh, excuse me, Cabinaria, the Iron Fortress. You wouldn't have to worry about whether or not there's test subjects for this experiment. I know how you. It, it would find a way yeah. to have test subjects to make sure that theory is correct or not. By the way, kids, <laughs> uh, that's illegal. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> if uh, it's a fantasy setting, uh, they didn't really have documentation of every single thing. They didn't do a census. They didn't do all these other things. If someone goes missing for X amount of years. Uh, do, do you know if they're really gone? And are you gonna? That sounds like uh-huh. uh, the Fire Nation waterbender right, 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 right. from Avatar, which is oh, trapping right. people <laughs> in the mountain. You know? Hey, the the ends justify the means. Well, my ends about to justify <laughs> your means, my dude. Oh, uh, Avatar! Another <laughs> actually really good pilot too. Oh uh, yeah, Avatar has a very very strong pilot. The, have you seen the actual like? Uh, I have not seen the original animation? pitch pilot, but I have seen some concept work and i have seen the obviously the first episode because you know atlas a series that people same thing with steins gate you're gonna get someone that's never seen it sit them down watch it you'll binge the whole season in the first however many on oh i only have one hour yeah no you you don't have one hour anymore you're sitting down watching this whole series or excuse me the first book oh yeah because it's not seasons yeah the pitch pilot's uh particularly interesting because i I wanted to see if anybody had like Uh snuck it online or anything like that turns out nickelodeon just put it up Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go to Nickelodeon.com or Nick.com, whatever the website is, and uh, just look up the Avatar pilot and watch it. Um, it's a pretty low quality, but that's because right. it was, like, made in the 90s. But it, it's really good um, at kind of selling the vibe of all of the characters. All the characters act differently. Like, the only person who's the exact same as they were in... Okay, two people. There are two people who are exactly the same as they are in the series, which are Zuko mm-hmm. and Katara. Everybody else is different in, like, one way or another. Aang is a little more like a kid. He has less of these, like, monk-like qualities uh, and stuff like that. And Sokka is more how he was in the live-action. Really? 
Last Airbender movie. Yeah, the like asshole older brother thing. Yeah. Oh wow. He's more like that in the pilot, which I thought was really really interesting. Uh, and he does. And he, there are like a couple of moments where he has like a you know some slapstick humor and stuff going on, but it's mostly at the cost of him being an asshole, right? Because he's an asshole, he gets the slapstick stuff done to him as opposed to him just being funny. But yeah, the, the adventure is, uh, it's like a, the pilot is just right. like a typical adventure. And mm -hmm. I, re I read a book, uh, their development yeah. book or whatever, the art book. They're, they're like, hey, uh, or they were like, so because Avatar is like the sequential story and we didn't really have a way to condense that into a 15 yeah. minute pilot or something like that, we decided to just make it a typical Avatar adventure, which I thought was like a pretty interesting thing to do. And that's what I, you know, I have historically done with some of my stories where I'm like, well, this is a little too complex to yeah. condense to a single story. So I'm going to just do this one adventure. And then, you know, people will call me stupid for it. So <laughs> it's like, uh, you need to condense your story down. I'm like, all right, my guy, whatever. To be fair, though, the stories like weren't that very. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I the, the problem is, depending on what you're going to do with your series, I'd rather it be the individual story because episodic uh, series, they they live and breathe. Just, oh, here's a random, dumb fun, dumb, fun story with the cast. Here's, you could use the pilot and put it on any random, ep like, episode slot in the series, and it would fit right in. Whereas some series that are actually serialized, mm -hmm. in which, you know, episode order matters, and whatever happens is very story-heavy. Yeah, I can understand mm -hmm. why you can't really do a heavily episodic feel to the pilot, but you, that's... I'm actually checking it out right now, and I'm uh, seeing just how you're... Uh... Yeah, all the designs are different. Uh, I remember there's a, a, a director's commentary version as well that was included, I think, on one of the DVDs where they were talking uh, over it, and they're like, you know, these weapons are pretty cool. I don't know why we didn't use them uh, in the show. And then the other one goes, me either. I think we just <laughs> forgot they existed. Oh, wow, they have... <laughs> They have Toph's original good. design in the pilot. That's neat. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, the, the boulder is conflict. The boulder was originally yeah. supposed to be Aang's. <laughs> but like, that's too typical. We need somebody who exemplifies, like, unexpected qualities. And that's partly why everybody loves Toph so much. Is because, like, she's very much yeah. an underdog she's... character. Right? We've got the world working against her, but she's yeah, still she's a freaking fucking blind badass. and she's taking on the whole fucking world and she invents her own form of bending. Right. And it's all because she's Freak. blind. And she Does actually she? invents two forms of bending, which is her northern oh, her yeah, style. Right. Her earth bending style is the northern kung fu and then yeah. uh, obviously metal bending she invents. The boulder is conflicted on fighting a blind girl. Oh, are you, a oh, young are you scared, girl. boulder? Yeah. The boulder is no longer conflicted. <laughs> oh, and he's ready to bury you in a rock the fact that like, that's how great the series is is that we're bringing up a random joe schmo guy that shows up for like two episodes and uh, he's in a couple of them he comes back at the end of the series the he invasion. helps with the uh yeah he helps Does with he help? uh, I, know, I remember he helps yep. with the invasion obviously he has his first couple like, he helps up with the okay there's the initial episodes with toffs so you had like the first two I believe, because it's the it's meeting Toph, and then the next episode, he's like, the boulder saw it! She took a dive! Nothing hit her! And then... Yes. Uh, yeah. With they're being hunted, and then the... Uh, then he comes back at the end in season three with the, yeah. the invasion, and they're gathering everybody. Um, it's the first attack on the mm -hmm. uh, Earth Kingdom capital, um, where 
uh, Aang and Gang are tricked into being delayed by Azula, and then Zuko goes to see his father to denounce him uh, for the first time. Yeah, okay. Because I remember book four, it don't really show. I thought, no, because uh, there is uh, no book four. Korra's book Korra four. has a book four. It's been a bit, shit. Yeah, because yeah. there's book one, water, book two, earth, and book three, fire. Because Aang already mastered air. I'm trying to think. So there's no book. There's I need no to check. Air book, was season Korra, was book five? Was fire longer than the other episodes? Because I remember there was the invasion, and then after the invasion, there's like the Zuko redemption arc, and then everyone got their own episode with him. And then when Sozin's comet showed up, each season is the same. Is about the same length. I think book book two might be the longest, but only by a couple episodes. But I know that book three was the most influential book um, because the story was really developed by then. All the bending was like in order. It has like the hypest moments. It's the most linear of all the books because books one and two have like book one has the most of these like side adventure stories. Book two has less of them and book three has basically freaking hell. Yeah, no, they're all about 20 episodes each. You know, book three is fire, but that's 21. So, you know, that extra episode is just the final right. episode. That's nuts. Here I'm thinking. Right, because yeah. the final episode here I'm is thinking Book three felt so much longer than it did. And here I'm thinking how much that they were able actually to put in to book three when you realize not only was there the entire Aang recovering from the previous book to the invasion to mastering firebending to everyone bonding with Zuko to the final arc of them and Sozin's Comet. All I'm thinking is freaking hell, that the pacing was really good. That's only 20 episodes, and I'm thinking that there's an entire extra book that needed to be in there. No, the right. pace, I mean, it does help that the show was already completely plotted out by the time they the pitch got you know picked up, so that helps. Mm-hmm. All I'm thinking is, yeah, it's good to know what you're doing, and you because I think at its core, excuse me, one second, I got a sneeze coming on, and I can't know, I don't know when it's coming. Pilot, would you say pilots at their core is just giving you what the series is fundamentally about? You can add on all the extra, you know, plot details and lore and character moments, but what you really want to give to people is this is the core of the series. This is the heart of it. You can add in all your bells and whistles, but even from, you know, I'm, you know, peeking through the unaired pilot and even so you could there's still a lot of the original what we got in the show in here yeah um i know for most people i don't i I guess it's like important to understand like what your story Uh is quote unquote about right because like i know when when you say that you say well the story has this character and their story but it also has this other character that's important to the story for this reason and blah, blah 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 uh but Ultimately, like, that's what your story has in order to motivate what it's about and what your story should be about or what you should be, like, uh, focusing on is, like, theme mm-hmm. and core concepts, right? So, like, Unhallowed is about um, moral ambiguity and heroism, right? And the definition of heroism and that kind of thing. Um, so anything that services that, regardless of the characters and setting and the things that happen... Um, if I were to make a fresh pilot today uh-huh. for Unhallowed, I want to include a couple of themes, uh, which would be obviously the moral ambiguity being the highest thing. So I need some sort of scenario that illustrates that. Right. 
the the story is about moral ambiguity like oh is this kid right. really a hero or not and then i also need the shonen aspect so i need it to feel mm-hmm. like a shonen jump story so those are two core themes that make up my unhallowed concept and those are the two most important things that i would highlight in a pitch it's a shonen jump story about moral ambiguity uh, or like even last yeah. week we were talking about beta chip right like uh and that is a pilot yeah, the little itself. snippet you have um where the things that were included, yeah, where those the things that I included were like, all right, the important things are this animal game concept, right? This fighting game concept, the idea of fun versus professionalism, yeah, you know, taking things too seriously and stuff like that, and uh, that's about it, just those two things. And so that's what the one shot is: it's a couple of kids, a pro and a non-pro fighting over who's having more I think what people fun. end up doing is they end up overcomplicating what their story is actually about to themselves without understanding, okay, what am I doing with this? What is the actual core of what I'm trying to do with the series? Right, because it's like, like I said, it's more yeah. about the themes and concepts than it is about what happens in the story. So when you say, like, what is your story about? They think immediately, because this is typical for, yeah. like, you know, laymen and whatnot, is when you ask somebody, is like, hey, I saw a movie last week. Oh, what was the movie about? Yeah, the entire plot. Give them a the plot story, synopsis right? that they can read on uh, Wikipedia. Exactly, mm-hmm. like the Cliff Notes version. And so that's what they provide whenever somebody asks them that, because that's what makes sense to them. But when a producer or a pitch director or somebody like that is asking you, what your story is about, what they're asking you about is like the core concepts and themes, right? Like who's the main character? What are they doing? And why does it matter? It was like, well, my main character, his name is Arkin Ham. He's got a magical book that helps him fight demons in his school. And he is on a mission to discover what, I mean, that's, 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 that sounds pretty solid. That's, that's all that's, that's understanding what you're doing. Admittedly, uh, not a lot of people know what they're doing their first couple series, which is all right. You know, not every, I mean, yeah, it took you me know? a few times to figure it out as well. Like I, I've, I've practiced. Brandon Sanderson took thirteen, wrote thirteen books before he got one of them published. And mind you, this is Brandon Sanderson writing, so this ain't no freaking. Oh, you know, I did a hundred page thing. It's like no, no, no. This dude is fucking putting out like one k books, one k page books, thirteen times before one of them got picked up. And this dude is now, and now this dude is like a what a, a multi New York Times bestselling author. He's the freaking J.R.R. Tolkien of our time. I don't even know the guy. I don't even like. I understand his reputation. I uh, I guess I'll make the announcement today. I'll be cracking down and actually going forward with. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open Mistborn and we're gonna be doing a Mistborn episode and maybe potentially we could end up doing like a Brandon Sanderson book club thing because. I know for sure I'm going to be reading Mistborn 1, and then after I'm done with the first book, I'm obviously going to finish the whole series. And then I'm going to go on to Mistborn 2, because there's yep. no... As someone who knows the Cosmere hero, is there anything in between 1 and 2 that another book just brings up that I should probably check out? Now, are you talking about Mistborn 1 and 2 as in the individual books, or Mistborn Part, part 1 and Part 2? Is there anything in between part okay. one and part two? Because uh, I understand it's the Cosmere, so stuff from, like, Mistborn is talked about in, like, another book, kind of, sort of. And then, because there's, like, a time, like, jump from the part one to part two, there's some, like, space in between that might be, like, mentioned in another book. Not really. Um, in Mistborn, in, in the second half of the saga, um, 
Mistborn, uh, there's like a conversation that the main character has with God, and it's in slight reference okay. to the Stormlight archives, but otherwise, no. Like, you could, like, I, I listened to it the first time, and I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. There's like other universes and gods and stuff. Um, and then I listened to the Stormlight archives, and then like the other half of that came up, and then it was just like the same thing, but from the other angle where there's like, oh, there's other universes and gods and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh that's cool. literally so that's just someone like bringing it. up, like, okay, so I just want you to know there is other shit in this world or in this multiverse. It's not, hey, here's insert character from Stormlight archive showing up. What's his story? What's his deal? Well, you should have went and you should have read Stormlight Archive, sucker. Exactly, because Brandon Sanderson, he's aware that not everybody's going to read all of his books, but he wants to reward the people who do. So he gives uh, them little damn it. like that. Like, well, Mistborn was the first thing he like really came out, because I believe it was Mist the, the Mistborn stuff is what got him the Wheel of Time gig, to my understanding. Was it? Maybe. Uh, I know he's actively working on that. Uh, he's been working on a movie script for Mistborn for the last year or so um, because nobody else is picking it up for a movie, I guess. Even though he's like, yeah, there have been plenty of talks, but nobody wants to like take it right. on. So I'm, I'll just Fine. do it. I'll do it myself um, as he puts then, on the Thanos gauntlet. Yeah. As he puts on the Infinity gauntlet. Exactly. <laughs> but, um... And then uh, Stormlight Archives, he's also working on actively. So he's working on Stormlight 7, which I think comes out at the end of this year, early next year. And then the next Mistborn is book. Is A Way of Kings part of the Stormlight Archive? Or is that it's uh, another series? Okay. Yes. It's part of the. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the first one I'd... in the Stormlight Archives. So it's like they're called the Stormlight Archives. And then the first book would be A Way of Kings. And then it leads into the second okay. book, which is a different title. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, graphic audio has the entire Stormlight Archives available in Ooh. audio drama form. Uh, yeah, it, that's where I pretty much exclusively listen to Brandon Sanderson because they're fantastic. Full cast, full soundtrack, full uh, music, everything. Um, it's amazing. But uh, they have the entire thing available for uh -huh. what's released anyway of the Stormlight Archives, which is books one through five for like 155 oh, wow. bucks or something like that. Um, or you can get it, you know, you you can get it through other means uh, is the other option. Um, <laughs> uh, And then uh, they also have all the Mistborn books up there as well, which are really good. They really have like the entire Brandon Sanderson catalog and it's fantastic. Uh, with the exception of like the stuff right. written for other people like uh, the Wheel of Time. So they don't have, I don't think they have the Wheel of Time on there. Um, but at the very least, they have everything else, including his comic that he wrote, which is the Sans one. I can't remember what it's called, which I thought was really weird because it's a comic. But they, yeah, it just, they just straight up turned That's, it into an I, audio. I got to appreciate that because, I mean, people like me who are dyslexic and are intimidated by, uh, come on, man. I'm, uh, hold on, let me get the book right now. Give me one sec. Hold on. Okay, so... Usually, uh, with books, you know, the stuff they make you read in high school, some of the stuff I have read for my own leisure, like a bunch of, you know, light novels and stuff, usually we're talking at max, like, 200 pages, maybe, right? I, I think that's a safe assumption around that. Here I'm opening yeah. up Mistborn, and this damn thing is... Do, 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 do. Let's see, it's like, I already passed, like, 500... This is, like, 500 pages! I looked... Yeah. yeah, I looked at the it's Way of Kings, heavy. and that's a lot of pages, too. And I'm like, dude, what the snap? 
Yeah, the Stormlight Archive books, I think, are longer than the Mistborn books. And even the audio dramas are Jeez. like 10, 20 hours each. So one of it's been my major... Uh, it's been a goal of mine to... Hold on, let me see. Yeah, it's been a goal of mine this year, or one of them, you know, on my big list, to read and finish a book a month. I've, I think I've only finished two. But, you know, reading has fallen off on the wayside. I've gotten other stuff to really focus on. So I do want to at least increase my prose because as all the writers say, oh, a, a good writer is a good reader and all this other shit. And realize, yeah, you can't really, you can't do prose if you don't read other prose. And right, exactly. And the best time that I write if I'm writing novel stuff is like immediately after reading some novel stuff because then... Um, Interesting. Uh, I will become just like more familiar yeah. with the words that should just be the type used of rhetoric and the way things are described, etc. Okay. Yep. So, couple a uh, couple side things here and there, but uh, I think we're doing some good. So I'll start. Uh, I I still need to take a crack at a lot of these other things that I got to work on, but I'll definitely have them done. But I will have in tandem start Mistborn. So look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen, because Hero and I are going to be talking about this. Hopefully I can just plow through this book. Hopefully... Yeah, dude, I'm going to be nerding it up. I'm telling you, man, like, you should read the book and listen to the audiobook at the same time. It's really How good. How many fucking chapters? Jeez, here, like, hold on. So they have it in parts. I'm looking for the table of contents, and I'm thinking that they got chapters, because I might read a chapter a day, and that'll get me through. And depending on how short the... Yeah. If the chapters are Napoleonic, which I'm kind of doubting, because this is Brandis Anderson... Dude has a fucking. I I don't mean to rag on the guy, but if uh, hero, you and I are like shooting the shit, going back and forth while we're trying to stay on topic, so that's understandable. If you're like teaching someone something, it's like here's three points, and it's a forty-five minute video. You can shrink that down into like five minutes. Admittedly, it's a really fun video, and he's very, very charming individual, very fun to listen to. But you know, if that forty-five right. minute video can be turned into five. I'm sorry, bro, but uh, if I have to deal with a scene that's going on for like seven pages and I'm like, are we still in the same room? Is it the same people talking still? If I get freaking Pokemonogatari level of they just keep fucking talking and I don't care. I think that's going to what turns me off to the book. Well, Stormlight Archives has that more than Mistborn does. Mistborn, I feel like all of the discussions uh -huh. are very plot relevant and interesting um stormlight archives not as much uh the other one that he has about like there's like the city of gods uh -huh. or something it starts with an e i can't remember what it was that one is the most egregious where they have like this guy talk about religion for like fucking five five uh, hours it's crazy he talks about religion all the fucking time and like how religions are formed and made and why they're important and yada 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 uh there's a character like that in mistborn but everybody keeps telling him to shut up so it's like <laughs> yes oh thank you oh i love that yes oh let's go like a huge thing with that other one i was like dude i don't care uh especially in the case of stormlight archives so stormlight archives is like a unique case because there's three main characters in the stormlight uh -huh. archives uh and they all share the same like storylines until they get mixed up but you really only care about one of them until like my brother was reading the stormlight archives and he's like, I really, I don't care about these other two main characters um, at all. And eventually he stopped the book, uh, but I convinced him to pick it back up again. And then he it literally, he stopped the book 
one page before another main character became like immediately super interesting. <laughs> it's like as if he had just done one more page turn, some crazy shit would have happened. That character would have become way more interesting than he found him to be earlier in the book. Um and then it would have been fine. He he would have continued like normal. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. very much the case is like there's one character who has a really interesting story, two characters who don't until they do. Okay, so you wanna like I'll hearing that normally I'd be like, oh fuck, that's such a slog, but no, I, I, I've talked to a couple people, some of them that I actually trust, some of them whose opinions I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we got. We share some of the ideas, and all I can think is, they're vouching for him. So if they say, this ain't no, like, oh, uh, I'll rag on Gen or Obuchi or Nisi Oisin, because it's like, oh, well, you know, they can make it interesting. It's like, I don't want to listen to Edgelord and motherfucker that can't stop talking. But when someone tells me, oh, Brandon Sanderson can, you know, here are two characters you don't give a shit about. By the end they're going to be the ones that you care about the most. Something along those lines? I don't know about the most. I mean, something, something along those lines. Yeah, you care about the more than, oh, please, I hate when I turn the page and I see their name. Oh, fuck, can I please skip this chapter? Yeah, one of them is like a better Sansa Stark. Okay. You know, that gives you, where she's like kind of princessy and you're like whatever about uh -huh. it, but then she becomes like this espionage a class like person who manipulates people and can change her face on a whim blah 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 it's crazy um but yeah she she gets like some really cool powers and stuff like that makes her really interesting she starts being like really useful to the gang in a particular way another character is like this general named dalinar who's like uh you know he's supposed to be like a prince or something uh -huh. like that um and he is in line to take over the kingdom but he's also like really noble. So he keeps getting fucked over by everybody until he somehow recruits the most powerful being in the universe mm -hmm. uh, to, to just help him out. Cause they're like, yeah, you're kind of interesting. Uh, because like there are these things called like, uh, I don't know, spirits or something. Right. And all the character or like certain characters can recruit them because way back in the day, they're like descendants of gods or something. And um, there's this one in particular who controls the weather that everybody's like, oh, yeah, nobody can fuck with this guy. I um, love that. And so nobody, nobody tries. And then he does to prove a point. And then the, the guy is like, you know what? I kind of like you. And then he gets him and then he becomes like super interesting and stops holding people back and, you know, like stops sitting down and waiting for bullshit to happen. It's crazy. Uh, and then, of course, the main character that you actually care about is this guy who was like betrayed. He was like this hero guy uh -huh. um who cared a lot about his teammates and then got betrayed in the military by somebody he respected um and then had to go through like the worst shit of his life and then like because he, he gets uh was it he gets framed and then has to set up as a slave um and then he gets sent to the front lines is what's called a bridge crew um so what they do is uh there are these like planes of plateaus that these armies fight across in order to cross, cross plateaus they have to lay down bridges and then cross those bridges so they have these slaves which pick up bridges from ravines they run to the next one uh just beating out horses lay down the bridge wait for the horses to cross pick it up and do it again right so they have to keep outrunning the horses in the middle of this war um and it's like it's high mortality rate kind of thing they get targeted by the enemy because obviously if you take out the bridge crews then the people can't cross therefore you don't have to fight them right 
Um, so it's like this whole thing, but he's like, you know what? After after attempting to commit suicide, he's like, you know what? I've got more to live for than this bullshit. So he reforms his entire bridge crew to kind of like make a point and then becomes like this major figure in the slave community and makes a bunch of enemies, but then is rescued by that guy who recruited this god of the weather and then becomes part of like his personal bodyguard crew and gets lifted up and it, it's crazy it's like this amazing journey that's insane oh man um, here <laughs> then he tries to kill the guy who framed him and then gets set up again by the same guy he gets outwitted or whatever but yeah it's it's an insane story oh, man. absolutely love you know what i feel like we're gonna be uh this is gonna go on for a little bit so you know what i'm gonna say hero before we uh go on and on and just splurge on about a book that uh, in the series that i haven't read yet i will say i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna take a crack at this and we're gonna there's gonna be a thing so i got you we're gonna be doing this i'm gonna be in fantastic so i'm excited i love <laughs> i love brandon sanderson oh boy they're really great good. so listen hero i'm i'm gonna crack open this bookie book and i'm gonna get to reading i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna enjoy this but i might decide not to check out the audiobook or drama I might check it out. I'll have to see because I, I want to get into the habit of just reading the book itself because I don't want to have to use the I don't want to have to use Audible or a drama or yada yada to give me a crutch. You know what I mean? Because not every book is going to uh, have one. I guess if you consider it a crutch, but uh, you know, it's like it's been scientifically proven that listening to an audiobook does not in- hinder you in any way, as if like there's no difference between reading a book and listening to an audio uh-huh. scientifically. Uh-huh. There we go. But you know, it's a personal. It's a personal choice. Yeah, it's a preference. Well, we'll see what's going on. But uh, yeah, my final words. Uh, we talked today about pilots and stuff like that. We didn't really talk too much about what they are, but ultimately, what a pilot is, uh, just to summarize, is uh, it's a way for you to condense your story into its core themes and concepts in order to use that to convince people to invest in it and or read it. Right? It's like a little baby synopsis version of the of the story. Um. And if you're going to make your own, I would suggest making a couple of different versions of it or at least making it on paper first, uh, just like writing it out uh, word by word as opposed to making a whole pitch deck um, and kind of like identifying or getting like feedback on what problem areas or misunderstandings or where people find things boring in your concept. Um, And try not to tell people your story when they ask for, like, what your pitch is. Just tell them what it's about, what the concepts are. No no narrative, no narrative or plot, more themes and what you want to explore. Exactly. And, like, more than anything, for reference, read other people's pitch pitches for their story. Right? Like, read the Avatar pitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the show notes, I'll include a link to the... uh, to the pilot. I found the Reddit post that has it. So I'll, uh, I'll include that there for any uh, future viewers, look for any future listeners that want to check it out. Yes, sir. 